right now, everywhere you turn, you see a headline. Wow, did you see the pricing here? And, and oh, there's a lumber shortage. But what's really happening? Hey, let's build it with Corey Heppola and from Lindus Construction, Andy Lindus. So I see the headlines and they say there's a lumber shortage. That means lumber is going up in pricing. That also means your new home constructions are rising along with everything else. But I'm a little bit confused about what's happening. So let's bring in Andy Lindus here. Andy, what is exactly going on here? You know, uh, at, at the crest of it, Corey, it, it really is a supply and, and demand issue. And if you really start to peel back the layers of what happened over the last, say, 14 months, um, when when the pandemic first hit, when people were first talk, talking about COVID, a lot of the mills and lumber yards braced for what they thought was going to be a downturn in the housing market. And eight weeks later, they started to realize we were really, really, really wrong. And contractors and people in home improvements uh, across the board, there's some that that knee jerked right away, started pulling advertising, cutting people, cutting staff, just because they thought that we were going to have a downturn in the economy. And for, for us in that sector, that, that truly wasn't the case. And I can tell you, um, last May, when, when I look back at it, we, we gave out more estimates than almost any May on, on record. It was, it was, we were busy six days a week and, and people were sitting in their houses and, and they have for a long time. And, and, and so demand has gone through the roof. And when that happens, you're bound to see prices come up. Now, are they going to come back to earth? I, I, I sure as heck hope so, because this $30,000 more to build the same house than it was last year, that, that, that just can't. I don't look at that as being sustainable. And it's not just lumber, Corey. It's, um, it's a variety of things in, in, in our sector. And, and it's in, there's more than one reason. You know, we don't, it's not like we're sitting on pallets and pallets and pallets of lumber waiting for people to want to use them. We're pretty efficient and we, we can usually keep up and ramp up. But we, we got behind the eight ball on this one and we haven't quite gotten ahead. And I, I think we're starting to get there, but almost every single manufacturer I talk to is cutting lines, cutting colors in an effort just to try to keep up and be able to give builders and contractors something to make, to be able to install. And, and, and if uh, I bet you in 2021, me personally, and, and knowing what I've seen, uh, the manufacturers across the board have had more in price increases in this first five months than in any other two years combined. So, so in the springtime is always a, a time of year that we do price increases. I know, I'm sorry, I'm going on and on and on here, but this is literally, I, I, I've spent 40% of my time, at least this, this, this first part of this year, sourcing materials and trying to get materials that aren't going to break my customer's bank, that, that it actually is affordable. And, and we've been able to work our way through and do some remarkable projects without, without crazy price increases, but uh, it's getting harder and harder. I can, I can tell you that. Well, it seems like it would be a complex issue, right? So, um, you know, and I think to your point, you had mentioned that people, you know, whenever an econ whenever there's uncertainty, right? Economy mm -hmm. and, and markets, and they all kind of take a, they, they slow down. And that's what we saw last March and April. There was an unknown. No one really knew how we were going to come out of it. We turned out we came out of it pretty fast, really. And, and people are getting back to work considering everything that, that happened. But also, I think one of the, the trends that happened here was that people looked at it and said, you know what? I like spending time at home. 
So I want to get into a house and also, or maybe an added, add a, an addition here so that I make this the place where I want to spend more time. And I think more people are doing that, which, which I think is great. Yeah, it's, it's expanded living space and, and we're looking for ways to better our places. Do it yourself. Things are up. The tools are hard to source. Almost everything in the home improvement set. You go into any home improvement store on the weekend and it is a busy, busy mm -hmm. place. And, and it's fun to see. It's, we have a lot of new customers, but uh, as the pricing starts to go up and as people are maybe looking to also expand or build new houses, We've also had a lot of people start to look at the housing market and go, I can't afford to move with what these houses are going for, so I'm going to remodel. And they start to make those decisions. And I still think it's it's more economic to remodel right now than to build a new house. It's still more expensive than it was last year. But uh, there's a lot of companies that are in the same position that I am that, you know, we have a 40 year track record and we have long time partnerships that we've been able to lean on and i can say with uh, absolute confidence that for like the next 90 days corey i'm going to have a price freeze on on everything i've, I've locked in and when it comes to roofing some mm -hmm. of the roofing that i have available is 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 roofing materials that i bought in 2019 and we look at the prices in 2019 compared to where they are now you know and i'm lucky that, that, that we were able to have those opportunities and we were strong enough business to be able to do that. But it's, it's advice from other contractors that have been in this exact same position. They've seen this thing before. And I just wish that um, more people got the advice that I was given in, in last March when everyone, when all this uncertainty was getting into like, you don't know. One of my, yeah. like my yeah. mentor, he looked at me and goes, you don't know why stop anything. You don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. <laughs> what do you got to risk? You got four weeks. Watch what happens here for four weeks and see what happens. And all of a sudden, you know what I ended up doing in May was we, we gave our advertising away to some local charities, Second Harvest and the Make-A-Wish Foundation, because we couldn't take on any more estimates at that point. Yeah. It was like the 5th of May, and we had 1,000 estimates booked for that month already. At that point in time, I wish I'd had the guts to go out and buy truckload after truckload of lumber. I should have seen the writing on the wall. I mean, it would have saved some of my customers thousands of dollars. I'm just, I'm just glad I, I finally figured out how to do that last December. Is there anything, Andy, that – because I think we as, as humans and especially in our society, we are headline readers. So mm -hmm. we read the headline and we're like, oh, I get this story when in fact we don't, right? The, you know, there's a lot of layers to it. Is there anything that we haven't discussed? that people who've read the headline on, you know, the lumber shortage and the pricing, is there anything in there that people just, they're maybe not understanding or getting to if they're just reading the headline? Is there something in there that we haven't discussed? Uh, yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of layers that, that, that can be this. And what are, one of the things that I'm hearing from more and more manufacturers, and, and let's maybe expand on this beyond lumber. Let's go to maybe windows, doors, garage doors, paint factories, any place that has entry-level workers, they're having a hard time sourcing and getting enough people in the doors, whether that's a, they, the, the expanded unemployment benefits or the fear of COVID still, um, the lack of, 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 of want to in some cases, or in, in other cases, that some of the manufacturers were behind the eight ball in raising what they pay their workers. Because I can tell you, you know, the, the good folks up at Marvin, I, I know how many people they've added. And them 
and GAF are the only manufacturer that I'm working with currently that hasn't tripled their lead times, which leads me to believe that that they like that they're looking they're get, they're attracting employees that that uh, that I think are looking for careers, and that's what 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 has led me down to a path to try to partner with more manufacturers like that. So when this stuff goes on, like a lot of manufacturers right now, if you order something and we're, we're sitting here in May, it might be October before you get it, Corey. Yeah. It, it, that's just, it's just crazy because they can't, they're, they're paying people 13, 14, $15 an hour. And, 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 and yeah, they, they, they may make more money like working at home. But one of the things, a conversation I had with a young person the other day was look at it this way. You're going to be next in line for that $20 an hour job. You're also putting money into your 401k. You're putting money into your social security, the benefits that come with that. You know, you're, if, if there is a promotion and a way to go up in whatever industry you're in, it, it's hard to get that opportunity sitting at home. So I th- he made the right decision. And, and lo and behold, it's not that hard to find a $20 an hour job in, in our industry right now either. So right. it uh, there's there's a lot of opportunity out there. And, and, and some of it too is with manufacturers, I... I think it might be some gouging going on. I, I, I say that very lightly, but it's just weird that it's across the board. Like everything went up, even the stuff that we barely ever use, or it just went, there's like, and I think some of it is like, well, they raised their prices. So I'm going to raise my prices. I, I know like in garage doors right now, I was talking to a guy, one of the biggest manufacturers in the country is doing a 15% price increase across the board which is going to make every other manufacturer in, in the country follow suit. And, and, and that stuff is, it's knee jerk. And I'm hoping uh, the more conversations that are had, like we're having right now, I think um, the sooner these manufacturers are going to really figure out what's going on and, and try to get us affordable materials. Cause I know some people that are just stopping working right now. They, right. they can't deal with it. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I've, I'm in a was in a position to source everything last year for what we're going to need this year, because if I had to buy my stuff this year, Corey, uh, I'd be saying no to customers, and I'm I'm a yes man. I hate saying no. Yeah, no kidding. Well, you had just, said the word do. you'd said the word yes about remodeling, right? That a lot of people are looking mm-hmm. into remodeling, and if you're going to remodel, you need to know this. Hey, here's what's trending. You got to get a permit. You got to get a permit for your project, and and I guess Andy. What is the purpose? Let's start here. What is the purpose of a permit? Well, um, depending on the type of permit, uh, typically it was a something that was put in place to safeguard the buildings that are going up in that municipality. They want to have some type of standard. And luckily, the, the state you live in, Minnesota, has some of the best standards when it, when it comes to building codes and some of the most consistency from municipality to municipality. I work in states like Ohio, Wisconsin, Iowa. Um, it can vary from state to from county to county, city to city, and, and that can be really hard to deal with, especially when you're a contractor like us, that we're always going to do things the right way. And one of the nice things I like about permits is it holds at least to a bare minimum standard. Usually we're going above and beyond what the permit, the bare minimums that the, that the building inspector is going to allow. But when you have at least that minimum standard, everyone's pricing is, is somewhat in the ballpark, even when it, when it comes to roofing. Think about it yeah. this way. If you don't have to pull a permit, there's a good way a roofer could use two to $3,000 in fewer materials than what I would on a roof. 
you're not going to be nearly as protected as I would. But when you're looking at the same shingle and it's $3,000 less to go with this guy and you really don't know what is underneath, that's a, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster. So five years ago, um, this is my experience with getting a permit. Five years ago, we added a porch in the front of our house. Now, next to mm -hmm. us is a little marsh area. Um, and, it, and it's off to the side. Like it, we're, we're talking, you know, th there's some distance between our house and it, it's built up so that the water runs down and into this mm -hmm. little creek in this marsh, right? And it's, it's kind of like a retention pond sort of thing. So we're putting on this porch and we're going straight out from our house, right? And just, yeah, just straight out. And we go to get a permit. And they say, you're literally six inches too far into this easement. Um, yeah. and, and I was like, well, wait a second. We are, we're talking a long ways away from, from anything. And so we had to redraw our things. And instead of being our, our plans, and instead of being like a square, we had to round it off, which ended up costing us a little bit more because they had to cut the, the stone mm -hmm. and all that that way just for that six inches. And, and look, as somebody who's just living here, and, and I don't understand this the way that you guys do, I thought it was a little bit much. I'm like, well, six inches in, in you know, this area. But I didn't want to, I was like, okay, we, we'll pay it. I didn't want to, like, get called in here. Because what, what would be the consequences for, like, just, okay, thanks for letting us know, but we're still going to do what we wanted to do. Oh, something like that. They might even make you redo it. Um, if you didn't pull a permit, they might fine you a certain amount of dollars per day. Um, but uh, I've heard of projects that were had to be removed or additions that had to be removed. That's pretty rare. Um, but uh, when you're not talking, when you're talking about setbacks and site plans, things like that, and additions, so that's something. It's not a lot of gray area when it comes to building officials. They don't. They don't. There's not a lot of wiggle room. On the things that they they want to be as subjective as they possibly can, or is it objective? Which one is black and white? Which one is more going to be um, as uh, objective? Objective. Yeah, yeah. don't want to have to make a a a. All right, it's okay for you, but not okay for you. And they want to be as consistent as they possibly can be. So they follow those little rules pretty tightly when it comes to setbacks and site plans and things of that nature. Now, when it comes to other things with building officials, I found that they can, a lot of times can be very open-minded and, and we'll have, and we'll have a conversation with you because as we know, when it comes to remodeling, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So for me, those, those kind of conversations don't ever happen unless you pull the permit and you get to know the building official and you're not afraid to have those types of conversations because a lot of times these are guys that were contractors and that they, they have some knowledge. They might help the average person out a lot. My experience is we can also show them some things that we're doing that sometimes can lead to better standards in the industry. Um, Kickout flashing is one that, that, that comes to my mind that my father has shown a lot of building officials in the 80s and 90s, what a kickout flashing was when you install siding. And long story short, Corey, without installing that, I've seen thousands of dollars worth of rot and damage caused where this is where a roof comes into a wall. So when you have that happening, that roof is going to have water coming down. And if you don't have a kickout flashing, water is inevitably going to get behind the siding. If water gets behind your siding, bad things. Like, I've seen a window job go from $2,000 to $10,000 because of not having a $2.50 part that's pretty standard in the Twin Cities now. Yeah, I just, want, I just want everybody to know in the Twin Cities here and all the officials to know 
that we did it by the book. We are legal. We, you know, I don't, I don't want anyone calling me in and them coming to measure it, but it is right. I promise you that it is right. Um, Andy, I, there is a, uh, a listener question for you on Dex. Hey, here's help. Okay, here's the question. Andy, we're thinking about building a deck with a metal frame instead of a wood frame. What are the pros and cons? This comes to us from Dan. Uh, great question. And I'm going to be uh, 100% um, transparent here. We're just getting in to the metal frame decking this year. And we've installed three of them now. So we're this is pretty early stages for us. But one thing I can tell you, the, the company that we're using, the, uh, the company that's more often not going to be used for sourcing metal framing when it comes to decking is Fortress. And we've used the railing system for years. Mm-hmm. And they are as good a company as any decking company that I've worked with when it comes to warranty claims. So if they do have anything that goes wrong with their materials, they stand behind it. But I'm telling you, when you go out and look at these decks and you talk to my installers, and what we're able to do differently than wood framing decking, there's a lot of lot of things that lead me to believe that at this point next year, it's going to be 75% of the framing that we install. No and kidding. And as, as, as we go forward, I think it's going to be more and more just because it's going to make more and more sense for people. Okay, so let's go with the pros then. Let's go with the pros of getting a metal frame over a wood frame. I, I think one of the biggest pros is less footings um that that's going to help on the cost so we're a wood frame deck especially like on a walkout Corey. so you have to put in all those footings all those posts and you got the walkout and you're trying to see underneath your deck all you're seeing is posts so now you can span a little bit farther with a little bit less footings the one the double decker deck that i saw that we're doing in uh, the east metro right now that only has two footings and then onto the ledger board and so you got strength uh durability and anybody that's dealt with any type of framing products before uh, you look at the flaws that your your lumber has and you're trying to make sure everything's plumb and square and then you got to put decking over the top of that and it's the only organic material that we're using in a deck nowadays most every deck that we put on is is some type of composite so it just makes more sense and then the aesthetics of it where you're not looking at green treated lumber. It's a nice black, clean finish. It's not as wide as some of the other ones. If you want to put a hot tub on it, it's easier to brace for that as well. Mm. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pros. It is the one con though is it is going to be more expensive. Even now with lumber prices, it is still a little bit more, but it's one of those things that I think, uh, you know, you might uh, hurt a little bit when you when you pay for it up front, but every time you walk on it, every time you go to it, every time you look at it, you're you're not going to be upset about it. So what? Okay, so you talk about the cost, and it's going to be a little bit more, but the lifetime span of it, I suppose. Some of that wood, though, the wood that you're using, the composite, that that probably has what? How many year warranty on that? That's got to last for years and years and years. Too. Years, 20, 30, 40 years, yeah. depending on the materials that, that you pick. But uh, so now you're you're coupling everything together. This is a lifetime deck this should be something that has very minimal maintenance and very little upkeep and should be something that you don't have to worry about for a very long time you know my composite deck i take uh one of those uh swiffer things over it and that's how i clean it it cleans up that nice and easy and and that's really the only maintenance i've done to it yeah 
Yeah. Don't want to be um, staining and stuff like that every every couple of years. So both of those mm-hmm. are, are very good options. Andy, you got one more thing for us. Hey, here's a pointer. We, we, we talked a lot about a lot of things today, whether it's your building inspectors, your permits, your your lumber prices. And a lot of decisions get made with without enough information. And I want to focus on your permits. Building officials and, and city inspection offices are very friendly places. They will welcome you calling them and asking questions. They will welcome you going in there to their office and, and, and wanting to talk to a building official to make sure that you're doing the right thing. So if you're a do-it-yourselfer and, and you're worried about this, go down to your local city official's office, wherever that may be, and, and talk to somebody. My experience is they're some of the most helpful people in our industry, and they really don't want to play gotcha. They, they want to try to make your project go as smooth as possible. And, and to be honest with you, that's why most of the permits are put out there. Yeah. And look, you want to do it the right way. You want to do it the right yeah. way and, and you don't want to get in trouble for something, but also just knowing the rules, right? I mean, just knowing the rules and, and, and we all want to be, you know, doing what's right, not only for our house, but for our city and, and our environment as well. Yeah. You know, we say it all the time. The most expensive project you're going to have to do is twice. And if you don't pull yeah. a permit, you might have to do it twice. So <laughs> yeah, uh, just go down to your city, talk to your building official and, and good things will happen. Trust me. Yeah. Great stuff, Andy. Thanks. Thank you.